Welcome back, everybody, to uh, yet another episode of The Real Couple. Uh, today, we are moving out of the holiday season, or out of the Halloween season a little bit, but not entirely. Um, still still going with a, a horror movie, but transitioning into uh, more of a sci-fi genre. Um, so we watched uh, an absolute classic this past week. Um, also, before we uh, get too deep into it, um, sorry about the little bit of a, a hiatus we went on. Um, had to go on a trip for a um, quick funeral, but we're back. Uh, this should be up uh, within the next day or so. So, yeah. Uh, Paige, what did, we, what did we watch this past week? As promised, we watched The Terminator. Yeah, I had totally forgotten that we had uh, mentioned that. So, yeah, we watched the first Terminator movie, uh, a movie that I had already seen before. I've seen all of the different... Sorry, if there are noises in the background... The real couple is puppy-sitting this week. The real couple is puppy-sitting this week. So, if you're hearing noises in the background, it is... Uh, it's the puppy. Yeah. Oh, but look how cute he's being now. Yeah, yeah. he's being real cute right now. Um, so, uh, I have seen all of the Terminator film installments. Um, I've now seen one of them so yeah. far. I have also seen, as far as I can recall, I've seen every episode of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, just so everyone's aware, we are not going to be covering the Sarah Connor Chronicles in this podcast. I wish we could, but I don't have access to it. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. And I remember it kind of fizzling in quality at some point unfortunately but there were several great moments throughout that show if you haven't seen it and you love terminator eh, maybe give it a watch especially right now when uh sarah connor was played by i forget her name but the actress of cersei from game of thrones she did a great oh, job yeah what is her name it's lana or lena something it'll come to me later yeah so but yeah, we watched the first movie. 1984, The Terminator. Yeah. What were what were your thoughts uh, coming into this for the first time? <sighs> I didn't really know what to expect going in other than Arnold Schwarzenegger and him having a red eye. Okay. So you did not know that he is a robot. I mean, I kind of figured. Okay. Cause because I remember going humans into it, don't really have red eyes. Yeah, Going into it, I asked, like, what do you know about this movie? You said Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, okay, what do you know about Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie? And you were like, he has a red eye. And I was, I was like, do you know why he has a red eye? And your response, do you remember your response? I don't. You just said, because he's a bad guy. It's like, okay. Was I wrong? Uh, yes. He doesn't have a red eye because he is a bad guy. He has a red eye because he's a robot. Fine. Technicalities. Anyways. Honesties. Um, you had told me that it was considered a horror film. Yeah. I don't really consider it a horror film personally, but What do you it consider it? Was such a product of the eighties. Holy moly. What it what is I don't know what genre, honestly. So it Probably can't like be a horror movie. A sci fi thriller. Okay. More thriller. Um but man, some of the CG was like painful. Uh, I don't really think there is any CGI per se. 
No? No. What am I thinking of? I think it's like stop motion. The like flash forward scenes that are all like yeah, gray and apocalyptic. Yeah, that's all going to be uh, stop motion or either rear projection or just uh, use of miniatures. Um, and And there's also like when you film a miniature and then film people in so like forced perspective forced perspective um but also just like um the act of putting one shot over another shot in order to make it seem like one thing is much larger than something else they didn't go into a computer and render shapes and animate them in the computer everything they would have done okay would have been done in camera in some way or another so. I will say, I did not grow up on the Terminator films. Mm-mm. Obviously. The first one was a little painful. Ouch. Um, obviously, it's considered a classic. It's a big deal. I gave it a chance. I will say, reading about how it was made made me appreciate it a lot more than just watching it. Okay. So I like that I did that part of it because i think had i just watched the movie i been would have been like what the hell like this is not really i was so underwhelmed if there was only ever one terminator film made and this was it they never made a sequel and there was just a movie from the 80s called the terminator and we watched it what would you have thought of it meh forgettable wow wow yeah for me um like the action because it's going off of that horror vibe, the fights are never supposed to be evenly matched. It's it's always supposed to be very one-sided. Um, Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor are always on the run. They're mm-hmm. never really fighting back. The only times they really fight back, it's not even to win the fight. It's just to buy themselves time to find an escape route. I also feel like with that relationship, like, that was supposed to be, like, the twist, right? That makes you love the characters more. Like, part of the character development was that, surprise, he was the father. I think it's supposed to be more of a surprise to Linda Hamilton's character, to Sarah Connor. I I so easily figured it out. Yeah, I I don't think it's supposed to be something that, like... And then um, as she's, like, making the, like, recording things at the end when mm-hmm. she's driving. And she's talking about, like, how much she loved him and how great of a person. No. You knew him for, like, ten minutes. Like, you had a one-night stand. That was it. Like, you're not in love with this guy. I would not call that a one-night stand. I just don't feel like the character development was as strong as they like to think that it was. <laughs> at least for me. I think um, the concept that this guy doesn't know her and yet relentlessly fights tooth and nail to protect her and then gets to a point where he's not making it out of this alive and he's still doing everything in his power to help her see tomorrow. Um, Once she realizes what role he wants to play in this story and how selfless, how brave, how 
um, like I said, relentless, how, how tough as nails, how smart he is. That's what impresses her. It's, and I wouldn't call that a one night stand. If he had survived, I definitely think they would have had a very long, honest relationship. The fact that they only had time to lay some pipe once. Oh, gross. Well, you're the one who called it a one night stand. Um, yeah, I, I think a one night stand is, is much more of a, um, we're only in it for the, the fun of the wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But the, the concept of, um, call me tomorrow in a one night stand no, you're not getting a phone call tomorrow. In this, the only reason he didn't call her the next day was because he was dead. The only reason he was dead, because he was working his ass off to make sure she wasn't dead. If he had just been like, you know what? You're on your own. Terminator would have made a beeline for Sarah Connor, would have murdered her to death, and he would have gotten to experience what life is like pre-apocalyptic fallout so yeah i i really really like their relationship and i think um the the concept that they write uh they write a script with a reveal in it that kind of gives the feeling of surprise simply because one of the characters is being surprised by that realization doesn't necessarily mean that it was supposed to surprise the audience. I mean, so you you were underwhelmed because you figured out pretty early on in the movie that he was the father of John Connor. Mm-hmm. I knew long before my parents hit play on the movie and showed it to me that Kyle Reese was the father. Um, so... That realization was just told to me before I ever saw the movie. So, um, yeah, I feel like uh, taking points away because it was obvious. It was more than obvious to me. It was fact. Um, similarly, uh, the if you go into like Star Wars Episode Five, already knowing that Vader is Luke's father, and you're like, yeah, the reveal, like. Who really cares? Yeah, everyone who was born after 1980 knows that. Empire Strikes Back is still one of the all-time greatest Star Wars movies ever made. Regardless of if you knew Vader was Luke's father going into it. Um, So yeah, I I still think that that... um, Not only the concept that Kyle Reese is John Connor's father... But more importantly, the time loop that the story suddenly creates with that. And you can't just... I I think it would be far, far worse if Kyle Reese comes in and is like, I've never met you before, but I'm madly in love with you. And if Sarah Connor just goes, oh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume you're going to father my child let's do that and get it over with without any emotion. I, I feel like at least attempting to write an emotional connection between these two helps it a lot more. 
I don't I just don't buy it. What about it don't you buy? Like he was in love with a photo for all those years. Like he carried that around with him and that's and then like they had 15 minutes together. Like that's not the fact that the female host is the one that's like, love at first sight? Bullshit. And the male host is like, that's, oh my gosh, in a post-apocalyptic cybernetic Welcome war to movie, our lives. That's romantic as shit. Paige is the logical one. Dallas is the emotional one. Dallas is the one with the fucking heart. It's true. He is. Yep. He's a sweetheart. You should all meet him and love him like I do. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, this is a young enough podcast if you're listening to this, it's probably because you know one or both of us. It's true. Personally. Um, so share it with your friends so people who don't know us yeah. can love us too. Um, also, um, at this point, I'm just going to say spoiler warnings in effect. But if you've, if you've made it this far, we've spoiled a substantial amount of the story. Also, this movie came out in 1984, so the statute of limitations on spoilers... Has definitely expired. Eh, yeah, probably. Um, but at the same time, if you listen to our podcast with with um, the mindset of, oh, that's one of those classics I still have never seen. What does the real couple think? Should I watch it? Should I not? Uh, sorry. So uh, I, I do love that uh, it, it feels very 80s because it's during the 80s. I feel like there are other movies that try to recreate the like one woman 1984 and um you've got movies like hot tub time machine things like that that are like this is what the 80s looked like and it just feels like everyone working on the film is romanticizing the time they grew up in in their own minds and so it's just like way too flashy whereas with this it feels at least somewhat correct or at least it doesn't feel hollywoodified 80s it, it feels like at, at least a version of the 80s not a lot of hollywood movies try to show off um one thing that i've seen in quite a few movies but this is one of the most egregious offenders uh when a scriptwriter says the character is wearing headphones and listening to music and mm -hmm. therefore, they're completely deaf and unaware of oh the world around them. Oh my gosh, the roommate. Yeah. There are times when movies will do do it for fun. Like uh, Stan Lee's cameo in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. He's he's uh, putting books away and stuff. He's got headphones on. And Spider-Man and Lizard are in a big fight behind him. That's funny. With but this, this chick was oblivious to straight up murder. Yeah, this was not playing it for a joke. This was just really act I I wonder if screenwriters like this have ever worn headphones especially ones like that like back then there was no like sound canceling like noise earbuds like then. it's just these like foam pads you put over your ear you should still be able to hear you should be able to hear your freaking iguana creeping around your apartment oh my Gosh, the iguana. The role Why that iguana the played. the hell is there an iguana in this movie? I mean, not everyone has a fear of iguanas. I hate them. Yeah. 
Did you find the iguana or the Terminator scarier in this The movie? iguana. You know the Terminator killed a lot more people than the iguana did? Yeah, but iguanas are terrifying. Okay. I will die on that hill. Do you know what else is terrifying? Probably the Terminator to Robots the people that he killed. Robots from the future yeah. hell-bent on murdering yeah. you and you alone. Well, my name's not Sarah Connor, so he's not going to come after not me. Not yet. My name is not Sarah Connor yet? Yeah. Am I changing it? I don't know. I needed a comeback, and that was the best I could oh, come up with. good job. Thanks. Jeez. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that liking this movie was the equivalent of shitting in your Wheaties this morning. Damn. I don't eat Wheaties. It, shitting in whatever cereal you had this morning. Are you going to point out that you didn't have cereal this morning? I was going to. Shitting in your you hot chocolate this morning. didn't want to fight. Yeah. Um, so that was <laughs> marriage great. is fun. You should try it. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just make sure that they like the Terminator before you pop the question. <laughs> you are years too late, sir. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, uh, the one moment in the movie that I, I do remember even my first time watching, I was like, holy shit, these special effects hold up so well for being practical and I could immediately see how they were done. What did you think of the mirror scene? The mirror scene. When Arnold Schwarzenegger is having to like um dissect oh, his own yeah, yeah. eye and take those. I thought that was good. Yeah. I felt like those He also has to do stuff with his arm. Prosthetics? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming is how they did that. Yeah, I, I think it's uh makeup and prosthetics. So I, from what I can see, I believe he starts going at his eye a little bit, but then once it's actually showing what he's doing, he's he's doing some more um, ridiculous stuff, then it cuts to a completely fake head and just arms coming up below and just cutting into it. Well, then there's a part that he's like cutting his arm too, right? Mm-hmm. That I would assume is a prosthetic arm. I thought that was well done. Yeah. Uh, I will say the fake head, you can tell it's not real. You can tell it's not Arnold. But especially for 80s standards, especially for the budget they were utilizing, looks good enough that I can suspend my disbelief. And just knowing where to put your camera, where to put your dummy, where to put your actor so that his arms can still reach and look like uh arnold's arms i thought all of that was so well thought out in order to just have the audience get to that point where there's there's no it's never unclear what's happening it's always very very clear and good enough that i'm not laughing at those effects no Uh, those hold up actually pretty well yeah i feel like there there are a lot of especially old school horror movies and mm-hmm. stuff where suddenly blood comes out, you know, there's, there's cuts in the human body and my brain immediately is just like, nah, nope. A yep. uh, couple months ago, I showed you Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time. And when uh, it's not Nancy, it's the first girl, I forget her name, but uh, the, the one who uh, gets killed, like, in the bed at some point you see like her clothes 
or like her shirt rips open or something and like claw marks go down her mm-hmm. stomach and, and the blood comes out when i was a kid terrifying as an adult i'm like ooh, swing and a close miss you tried real hard it it looks good enough that i know what's happening in the story but that does not look great in terminator i feel like they just i i don't know maybe it's because they're just moving slower it's not as fast it's more meticulous mm-hmm. um but even then I, I would think that would make it harder um just going so slowly and maybe it's because you know there's no need for squirting blood it's just like droplets and then every time you see droplets it's mostly just them dropping into the sink mm-hmm. um i i really really do love that moment and i think that's something that in later terminator movies because this first movie did so fucking well if anyone wanted to make a terminator movie after this they were given a much bigger budget because they were working on a juggernaut movie something that was even if it didn't do well in the box office it was going to be something a lot of people came to see where this first movie uh, it's it's so interesting like how many gambles they're taking putting Arnold Schwarzenegger, the famous bodybuilder who's now done two Conan the Barbarian movies, mm-hmm. like making him your star, but then giving him 14 lines of dialogue. What is this movie you're working on? This is so weird. And Well, and I thought it was interesting too. He wanted the role of Kyle Reese. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that until very, very recently. And he wanted Kyle Reese because he wanted to be taken seriously as an actor. And... uh, But the director wanted someone smaller. Yeah. In stature. Yeah, I think that works so much better. Because it really makes it look like in the future, in this war that I've never heard of, the machines are these... They're they're walking tanks. Mm -hmm. They're Schwarzeneggers. They're huge huge machines and every once in a while they put flesh over them to make them look human whereas the the humans fighting against the machines aren't just like they may be toned but they're scrawny like they're malnourished Mm -hmm. they're fighting not just to survive but to maybe eat today yeah and and i really like how thin um Michael Bean, or I, I forget the actor's name. Hold on. While you're looking that up, yeah. I also read that Arnold Schwarzenegger, just his prep work for playing this role Yo, was insane. So insane. Like, how often he worked with guns. He had to become ambidextrous. He had to be so meticulous with his movements that it was believable for him to be a robot. And uh, I I read somewhere, I don't think it was on IMDb, but uh, that was part of what convinced him to switch roles. Because he was really wanting yeah. that Kyle Reese. And uh, so they were going to go with someone else. And he went to the guy and was like, you gotta, 
look around like you're constantly scanning. Like never just be looking straight forward, always scanning everywhere. You gotta uh, walk in this specific way when you're reloading guns, when you're cocking guns, when you're doing all this. You can't be looking down because you're a machine. And finally someone listened to him say all that and they were like, you are so in line with the mindset of the Terminator. This is the, you're going to do a far better job in this than as Kyle Reese. And that's what kind of convinced him was someone just kind of pointing a mirror at him and being like, notice how insanely devoted you are to this role. You should take that role. Well, and how crazy, like if he hadn't taken it, would he be as big of a name? Right. I feel like this was really his like rocket into mm -hmm. fame. Obviously he'd done some things before. Yeah. Two Conan movies. And I guess he'd done a, a documentary about uh, weightlifters and a few other things. Um, but like as an actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, when when you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you think of the Terminator. Um, I mean, not so much for me, but that's just because I didn't grow up on Terminator. Ooh. What do you think of when you think of Schwarzenegger? You're going to laugh at me. Oh, shit. You're going to be so mad. Are you going to say Batman and Robin? No. Jingle all the way. Ow. It's not, that's still bad. Like, that's not like. I told you you were going to be mad. Not when you're like, what's the movie I know him best from? But like, because there are movies. Um, oh, what's a good example? Um, I feel like they're. they're... Oh, he's also in a movie called Junior mm -hmm. yep, that Dan I watched DeVito. as a child as well. Or wait, no, that's Twins. Junior. Is Danny DeVito in Twins? Um, mm, if he's not, yes, Bob Bill. he oh, is. Okay. Yes. But yeah, uh, Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. But anyways, uh, there are plenty of movies. Like um, I've seen Marlon Brando in a bunch of stuff. I still haven't seen the Godfather movies. But when you say Marlon Brando, my brain says Godfather. Okay. Like... I think when I hear Arnold Schwarzenegger, I hear, I'll be back. Okay, okay. But I don't know that younger Paige you connected know. the two. Before we watched this, you knew that the line, I'll be back, was from Terminator. Right? Yes, okay, yeah. Okay. But like as a child, okay. I don't think I had connected, I'll be back, to Terminator. Probably not, yeah. I had not connected those dots. Okay, that's fine. That's not an egregious sin. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, um, if he'd taken the role of Kyle Reese, Kyle Reese is not the the one you remember. Oh, no, not at all. And it, which that would be really interesting to see. Like if Arnold Schwarzenegger had taken the role of Kyle Reese. Would it have been different? Yeah. Would Kyle Reese be the character everyone remembers? Um, now, with that said, without giving too much away but this is obvious kyle reese isn't in many of the other terminator movies so i figured yeah um he is in some again without giving too much away but uh yeah um yeah if if arnold schwarzenegger had taken that same level of commitment and interest and creativity to the role of michael bean would things have been different? Um, and what 
level of commitment and training and practice did Michael Bean bring to this? I'm a big fan of Michael Bean. I honestly haven't even seen very many of his movies, but he is one of those guys. Almost every time I've seen him and stuff, he's magical. He's so damn good. He plays uh, Hicks in Aliens. Hmm. Um, I think he's a badass as Hicks. Uh, and it's funny, for all of the stuff I was saying about like he's so scrawny as Kyle Reese, in Aliens, once they put the Colonial Marine armor or uh, you know gear on him, he looks fine. Uh, but in this, because he's just constantly in like sweatpants and a t-shirt, he looks small. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love that about those two roles. Uh, I've seen Michael Bean in Tombstone. He was pretty dang good in that. Uh, he's in Mandalorian season two. Yeah, um, he is in uh, the Ahsoka episode. And uh, so. Ahsoka is trying to take down this town that's being run by some assholes. There's a female with, I think, a Beskar spear. And then she has a, like, right-hand man. And the right-hand man is Michael Bean. Okay. Yeah. It was it was one of those things. I probably wouldn't have recognized him, but I looked it up. And I was like, holy shit, that's Michael Bean. Wow. So, one other thing I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of back into the making of the yeah. Terminator. Um is a term that I hadn't heard of until reading about this movie, uh, and that is guerrilla filmmaking. Um, It's not a popular term. Basically, it was James Cameron's way of getting around uh, getting the permits that were needed to film scenes in certain areas. So he would basically just tell people like, hey, show up this date, this time, at this spot. We'll shoot as fast as we can and we'll leave. Um, And... Like, I just thought it was hilarious that James Cameron, maybe he wasn't a huge name back then. I don't know. I wasn't alive in 1984. But the fact that he was like, hey, guys. Uh, And at one point, he called Arnold Schwarzenegger at 3 a.m. to tell him to meet him at a location in full costume and ready to reshoot a scene. Um. So it also said that, like, some of the people in the background of some scenes are actually just regular people who didn't know they were going to be in a movie because they were just happened to be in that spot that they were filming. Uh, and then I guess uh, the scene at the very end where Sarah drives off into the desert, um, they almost got caught filming that scene because the cops in this wording came sniffing around. Yeah, and uh, like you started to mention, James Cameron was not at all a name that you care about at this point in oh, time. Okay. He had done uh, Xenogenesis, a short film. He did Piranha 2, The Spawning. H- who gives a shit about Piranha 2? Not the remake, like Piranha 3D and Piranha 3 D. No. This is Piranha from 1981. And then he does The Terminator. This sci-fi horror film. Which, again, this is back when... Why would you combine sci-fi and horror? Just make horror horror. Don't add robots or space or anything. Um, I... 
shoot, I I need to have this memorized, but I forget exactly which year the first Alien movie came out, but it was right around the same time. So yeah, Terminator and Alien are kind of like two of the first uh, sci-fi horror films to, to try and, and mesh those together. And then the sequel to Alien is James Cameron's next movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did you know that James Cameron married the girl who played Sarah Connor? James Cameron married Linda Hamilton? Yeah. And then they got divorced later, but... Interesting. Um, I know he married uh, the producer of... I'm pretty sure she was producer on Aliens, but they also got divorced later. And then he went on to direct avatar and she went on to direct hurt locker and both of those were up for best picture in the same 2009 year? i think or maybe it was 2010 but they came out in 2009 so does james cameron just marry somebody off of every set i do not know <laughs> um but yeah I, I did not realize that he married uh linda hamilton um but, uh, yeah, so... Because apparently the uh, voice on the answering machine at the beginning of the movie, when Sarah Connor gets a message, mm-hmm. um, that's apparently James Cameron's voice. I did see that. Um, but, yeah, so the Terminator not only launched Arnold Schwarzenegger into stardom, it really was the moment that, that launched... James Cameron, James Cameron into the stratosphere because right after that he does Aliens then yeah 1984 and 1986 two years apart that's quick those are that those are quick. um the terminator is a pretty like small um uh small scale movie mm mm-hmm. mhm but Aliens is Huge. much larger. Yeah. Definitely larger than Alien. I can definitely appreciate what Terminator did career-wise for the people involved, but also like film-wise too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was... Yeah, I, I haven't done any research on this either, but I know Stan Winston was kind of the genius behind the Terminator design. And... He's huge, um, but uh, I, I don't know at what point in Stan Winston's career he picked up Terminator. But that would be very interesting to look into. Uh, maybe we'll look into that for Terminator Two. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so after Aliens, he does um, a music video. Then he does The Abyss, which is a movie that every time people talk about The Abyss, they always say, "Eh, it's kind of a crappy movie." But there's one special effect, like one usage of CGI, that really blew everyone away because no one thought CGI was going to be capable of such a thing for years. And all of a sudden, The Abyss, regardless of how great the, the story was, it accomplished this one visual effect that, that was unheard of and really made breakthroughs. And then... Right after the abyss, he makes Terminator Two, which just takes that uh, effect of that he created for the abyss, 
and just makes almost it. yeah almost makes a character out of it um then he does true lies which um much less sci-fi much more real world you've never seen true lies have you not yet so good oh my gosh that that was an action movie i grew up on that's a really fun one we'll have to get to that someday um and then right oh, after true lies never mind he does titanic <laughs> Ugh. okay i know you don't love titanic i didn't realize james cameron did titanic yeah. honestly yeah which think about titanic okay we have a movie based on a true story mm-hmm. takes place on a boat right he's going to do so much cgi on this He's going to make sure every time that boat is on screen, like the exterior, whether it's uh, setting sail, like uh, um, launching into the ocean for the first time, whether it's uh, hitting an iceberg, whether it's sinking, it's always going to look majestic and massive. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how well you can remember it, but... For a movie about tragedy, the cinematography is always incredible. Like just those those like crisp icy blues during the last half of the movie, the the amazing golds of the sunlight and the whites on the interior, everything about that movie is beautiful. And the I, I once said years ago, no movie score has ever fallen in love with the flute on the same level that the <laughs> Titanic score. But like when you say Titanic, what does the music sound like? I can't hum Celine it. Celine Dion. Yeah, I can't hum the score, but my brain is definitely like, it's flute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if they had two musicians, but I know they had a flutist. Flautist? Flautist. Flautist. My younger sister would kill me for not knowing She's that She's about to disown you. Um, but yeah, so this guy just knows how to come into a movie and pretty much just say, I'm going to show people something they really haven't seen before. I agree with and that. he does a damn good job. He does a really job. good job with that. Even with Titanic, you may not love the story, but visually, that movie yeah. slaps. Yeah. And I, I, I can't think of another boat movie that looks that beautiful. He showed oceans in in such a incredible way. Like, um, so uh, moral of the story. Yeah, James Cameron is great. Yeah, and then years later he does Avatar. Have you ever seen anything even close visually to Avatar that isn't no. Star Wars? Yeah, no. Like, and he knows then, how to build a world. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I imagine I, what he could have done with Star Wars. Oh my gosh, I would love to see him take on a Star Wars anthology movie. I I'm not sure I would love to see him take on a saga film, like a, a Star Wars episode blank. Right. But an anthology but, yeah. or like a series maybe? I don't know. Ooh. That would be interesting. Think of the, what he could do with something like Andor. Yeah, but the concept of him being like, I need this kind of budget. And they're like, <laughs> you're working on a TV show. You get a, like a quarter of that. Can he just like tap back into his Terminator days? Oh, I'm sure he could. And but it, who's going to tell James Cameron he can't have the budget he wants? I, After I Avatar? Well, but the thing is, with Avatar, it's like, I need this kind of budget. And they're like, okay, well, then you better be shooting in 3D and on IMAX. So that we can sell normal tickets 
and we can sell 3D tickets, and we can sell IMAX tickets, and we can sell IMAX 3D tickets. And those are so many different tiers of price tag. Whereas if they're like, we want you to make a TV show that's just going straight to streaming. like, And if it goes straight to streaming, then there's no way of saying... It's not unheard of to have giant budgets for TV shows, though. Look at Game of Thrones. This is true. This is true. Um, and yeah... I want James Cameron and Quentin Tarantino to team up on a Star Wars project. That's such an interesting idea. But at the same time, knowing just like basic stuff about their personalities, I feel like you're working with vinegar and baking soda. Like, I, I, I really don't think they would get along. Like, James... But could they produce some magic? Oh my Maybe. gosh. I, or some deaths. Like, they would kill I'm people. there for it. Oh my gosh. Because uh, I feel like both of them have a very my way or the highway type of a mindset. And so if they ever, like, disagreed on something, it could get bad. And, like, as much as they I respect... They would part over creative differences. They definitely would. There's no way they wouldn't. Or they would produce something so amazing. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, I, I would love to see James Cameron take on a Star Wars project and Quentin Tarantino take on a Star Wars project. They don't have to... I want to make it a reality show. Oh my watching gosh. Watching these two... Oh my gosh. ...make a Star Wars movie. You... You demand chaos. Chaos. Young lady. Always chaos. Holy shit. I hope my friend Lindsay is is listening to this because Chaos Lindsay is who inspires me. Yeah. Um, Can I tell you a funny fact that I read? Okay. It has nothing to do with James Cameron and Quentin Tarantino. Ooh. Um, O.J. Simpson was considered for the Terminator, but the producers feared he was too nice to be taken seriously as a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, which is insane. Like, I would much rather spend the afternoon with Schwarzenegger. Um, In 1990, before his trial, uh, Dark Horse Comics printed issues using his likeness. What? Yeah. Like, Dark Horse Comics printed Terminator comics? Using OJ's likeness. Whoa. That's insane. I need to look up those comics. Right? I, I really haven't read any Terminator comics, I don't think. I've read some Alien. Um, I've read... Have I read any Predator? I don't think I've read any Predator. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've never touched a, a Terminator comic. I should. Um, yeah, that's, that's insane. If someone can point us in the direction of one that has the OJ likeness, yeah, let us know. Um, oh, one little uh, cameo thing that I noticed, which which was so fun to see, the um, gun store clerk or gun store um, at the beginning. It's yeah, probably closer to the beginning. Definitely closer to the beginning than it is to the end. But where Arnold goes in, gets a bunch of guns, and then he's like, cool, and your total is this. And he's like, no, it's not. And he shoots the guy. Mm-hmm. That guy is in both of the Gremlins movies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
yeah, he's great. Uh, we should probably watch the first Gremlins movie as a Christmas film. Okay. Yeah. I've seen the first one. Okay. I haven't seen the second one. You have not seen the second one. I love the second one. I love them both. But yeah. Um, the Maybe we'll also watch Jingle All the Way. Maybe. Do you know who else is in Jingle All the Way? Jamie Lee Curtis. Is she? Or am I thinking of... Um... True Lies? No... Christmas with the Cranks? Is that what I'm thinking? She's that's in, Tim Allen, though. Yeah, that's not yeah. Schwarzenegger. No. Who Swar- else is in Swarzen- Jingle All the Way? Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis are in True Lies together. Oh. Along with James Cameron. I mean, he's not in it. Directly. He directs it. Um, but Jingle All the Way has a young Jake Lloyd in it. Who's Jake Lloyd? He plays Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode One. Oh. Yeah. Episode One. Oh, so prequel yes okay <laughs> he's schwarzenegger's <laughs> son the one who wants the action figure okay oh i didn't know that yep that's that's young anakin skywalker interesting isn't it sure um so yeah maybe we maybe we can watch jingle all the way i'm all about those shitty christmas mus- movies musics what am i talking about i don't know words are hard they are are we good with trivia? Was there more things? Um, you you mentioned a bunch of things, but uh, yeah, the the stuff that I was reading about Schwarzenegger making sure that he could disassemble and reassemble a gun blindfolded, making sure that he could fire weapons without blinking. Apparently, there was a magazine um, that usually shits on action movies like this because they don't handle guns yeah close to properly but as soon as they saw yeah as soon as they saw schwarzenegger they were like damn that dude's doing it right um i think all of that is so so cool and it's the kind of thing that maybe not everyone will appreciate but schwarzenegger knew even if it's only one in a hundred people that appreciates this it's still going to make one in a hundred people appreciate it. Yeah. So I'm going to work my ass off to make sure I can do it. That's so well, cool. Well, and like I said at the beginning too, like I didn't love the movie at face value. Yeah. But I gained an appreciation for the work that went into it and mm-hmm. what it did and the role that it plays in culture now. Um so if you're like me and you didn't grow up on Terminator, maybe you can also learn to appreciate it. Oh, I somehow I had totally forgotten about this. But uh, one of the cops, the the white guy is Lance Henriksen, which uh, he plays Bishop in Aliens. He plays the android that oh, okay. gets ripped in half okay. with the uh, the line, not bad for a human. He then goes on. Movies back then just really liked to share actors. Uh, No, it's it's more just. uh, I mean, uh, Michael Bean and Lance Henriksen. They both work with James Cameron. So as soon as James Cameron's like, "I'm making a new movie called Aliens," I know these two guys. I know they can act. I know we can work together well. Guys want to be in my new movie, and both of them are like, "Yeah, we had a blast working with you two years ago." Hell yeah. Um, and I, you see the same thing tons nowadays. Oh yeah. Um, 
Quentin Tarantino, as soon as he discovered Samuel L. Jackson, he was like, I'll never say goodbye to this man. <laughs> um, which it's, it is funny. Like the further and further into like Tarantino's career that you go, the more you can see friendships that he's made. Oh yeah. And so many of them. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. Cause certain people, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt can perform a Tarantino script so damn well. Leonardo DiCaprio can perform any script so damn well. Uh, Samuel Jackson, um, uh, not Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Is it Kirk Douglas? Kurt Douglas. Kurt Douglas? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. There it is. Yeah, because Kurt Douglas is like... Uh, He's old. Yeah. It's well, I mean, Hurt. Kurt Russell Spartacus. is kind of old now, yeah. too. Um, but Kurt still. Douglas, I'm pretty sure, is Spartacus. And, uh, oh, and um, that movie I was telling you about, uh, Man from Snowy River. Um, anywho, anywho, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, he's someone that uh, I think uh, first time they worked together, him and, and Tarantino was Death Proof. And now he's been in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hateful Eight. Maybe it was just those. But uh, yeah, they work great together. Um, it's, it's so cool to see those, those certain people that Tarantino really, really enjoys and they keep working together and, and each new movie, they're just more and more in line with their vision. Um, so yeah. Um, also let's see, uh, in the beginning of this movie, we see uh, this movie being Terminator getting back to this. We see Bill Paxton. As one of those like punk teenager guys, um, and Who's Bill Paxton, you know Bill Paxton. <sighs> um, he he passed away sadly, uh, quite a few years 2017. ago. Twenty seventeen. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, so he gets killed by a Terminator at the beginning of this movie. You have already seen him killed by an alien in Aliens, but. He is the only man to have ever been killed by a Terminator, a an alien, and a Predator. You have not seen Predator 2 yet, though. I have not. No. But, uh... So, he yeah. doesn't survive many... No. ...roles. But he's always memorable. Is he the Sean memorable. Bean of this? I, I, I kind of feel like uh, if he was in all three of them, but he survived just one of them... That would kind of suck. But, like, he has the honor of having been killed by all three of Good three of the most job, famous... Bill Paxton. Three of the most famous uh, sci-fi movie monster creature things. Um, yeah, Bill Paxton. I was so sad the day he died. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Um, yeah. Oh, um, real quick. He was only 61 when he died. Yeah, he was young. He was young. Yeah. Wow. Um, Earl Bowen. Uh, we we see him as uh, Dr. Silberman. Um, not, uh, not revealing too much, but uh, he will um, come back. Um, do you remember that character at all? He's the one that um, interviews uh, Kyle Reese. And uh, figures out whether or not he's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, he comes back. Yep, yep. 
it, and it's one of those things I feel like he's really cool. Like, it, or maybe not really cool as a character, but uh, the scenes he's in in Terminator 2 are really cool. So I totally remembered him. But I hardly remember that he was in the first movie. So when he showed up, I was like, oh, I forgot he's in this. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, how did I forget that? He's a major character. So, yeah. Um, Anything else that you would like to add? No. Okay. I think we pretty thoroughly covered the Terminator. Yeah. Um, oh, real quick. Sorry. Um, towards the end of the movie, the... Like, all of the Arnoldy parts of the Terminator are burned off, and he's just the exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about those special effects, when suddenly it's it's almost entirely having they to be done through stop rough. motion? They were rough. Have you seen many movies that incorporate stop motion? No. Okay. Because... Have yeah, I? Um, I, mean, I mean, the only ones that are coming to mind are, like, Wes Anderson Okay, and like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Things like that, uh, which yeah, I, I feel like I guess I haven't seen eye, many like live action mm-hmm. stop motion. Yeah, like a, a combination of live action and stop motion. And I just don't know. Um, I, I'm not sure you've seen anything that Ray Harryhausen has done. And Ray Harryhausen was the absolute master of stop motion. Uh, oh, you've seen Star Wars. That has stop motion? Oh, yeah. The the walkers on Hoth. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are those are stop motion. And and those are stop motion in a way that is very, very difficult. Because as you're doing the stop motion, you need the camera to be flying in certain shots. Um, like Luke's snowspeeder has to go between the legs and stuff. It's, it's really some incredible technicalities um but uh yeah i i feel like even the best stop motion there is suddenly kind of this jarring effect where you have human beings acting in a certain way and stop motion creatures acting in another however there are times when uh certain levels of detail and uh precision are brought into those mm-hmm. stop motion moments and it can be really really impressive simply because a lesser stop motion artist wouldn't have thought to do that um once again giving a shout out to the phenomenal corridor crew youtube channel at one point they were talking about a specific scene in a movie called jason and the argonauts where they're fighting a bunch of skeletons. This guy runs up on a rock wall, and a skeleton comes running at him, and uh, the skeleton like runs past him and kind of overcorrects and has to um, kind of, once his momentum stops, he needs to take a step step or two back. And they, they pointed that out because most people doing stop motion, when you're just doing, you know, move it, take a photo, move it, take a photo, move it, take a photo, mm-hmm. you're not going to remember how much momentum this skeleton has when it's running full speed. Right. But Ray Harryhausen remembered to to make sure he isn't uh, just moving straight from point A to point B, but he has that momentum calculated into his meticulous movements. Um, so, yeah. Uh, 
once again, if if any of you guys aren't watching Corridor Crew, they're phenomenal. You got to get on that. Um, and yeah, uh, I think that uh, finally wraps us up. Um, follow us on Instagram at the real us on couple. Instagram. Uh, the.real.couple, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public. Yeah. Uh, make sure to uh, listen to us on those and subscribe on those. Um, you can always uh, tell your friends about us. You can share us on Instagram, stuff like that. Um, let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Um, if there's anything you're you're liking, uh, comment. Or disliking. Yeah, comment and say you know, loving this, keep it up, and then comment and say uh, you know maybe drop this or try to incorporate that. We'd uh, we'd love some some suggestions because we're doing this for you, um, also for us. But <laughs> uh, yeah, um, hints of of things to come. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I've got my fingers crossed. Uh, we are at this point today is uh, Wednesday, November 9th, uh, which Thursday, November 10th is the day that uh, Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever comes out. So I'm hoping within the next few days uh, we can get an episode recorded for that. So hopefully that's coming to you. The uh, rest of soon. the Terminator films. And then, yeah, after that, we're definitely going to continue on with this because, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how your opinions uh change not change and evolve but um, progress yeah progress um watch them along with us yeah yeah um if you've never seen them they're great um definitely definitely watch one thing that i mentioned uh, a couple days ago i feel like the terminator franchise at its worst when when terminator fans hate the franchise even if it's not a very good Terminator movie, it's bare minimum a pretty good action movie. Maybe not the first one because it's going more towards the the horror vibe. But Terminator 2 and beyond, even the worst Terminator movies are great action movies. So uh, if you've never seen them before, give them a watch through. Let us know what you think. If you have seen them so many times before, uh, yeah, feel free to uh, to give them a, a, a revisit. And if you notice anything that we, we didn't pick up on, uh, mention it in the comic comments on Instagram. But yeah, uh, guys, thank you so much once again for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, it is such an honor to be able to entertain you guys. And yeah. Have a good so night. Much. Have a great day. Night. Have a great day. Evening? Have a great morning. I don't know. Have a great evening. Whatever time. Have a great day. afternoon. Have a great yeah. time. Yeah. Have a great uh, President's Day. Have if a day. You just so happen to be listening to this on President's Day. Um, should I go through every holiday? Um, Happy maybe of July. not no, yet. Okay. N- next time though. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. So have a great day. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.